Welcome to a special edition of the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Lily Cox. And I'm Nikki Pope. And this week we're discussing how to talk to your clients about colour. We have two great guests with us this morning. Tracy Hayes, the Global Head of Technical Training for Fudge Professional. Tracy works tirelessly, I know, from witnessing her arriving and leaving, whizzing around the world, teaching world-class colouring techniques, but always with a sharp fashion edge. So creating bespoke looks for an exclusive clientele, educating in international academies, doing lots of shows and presentations, and generally being absolutely fabulous, in my opinion. Thank you very much, Nikki. Good morning. Lovely to be here. And joining Tracy, we've got Jonathan Andrew. Jonathan is Fudge Professional's newly appointed global brand ambassador. He exemplifies a new generation of British hairdressing, combining his expertise and energy with a fresh outlook on the changing hair and beauty landscape. It's no wonder he's amassed an impressive roster of celebrity clients and hairdressing awards. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. So colours exploded. Yeah. Really as a market, hasn't it? And do you, so uh, people are having colour more, I guess, and are they getting better at what they're asking for and knowing? I think definitely with um, social media, that pays a big, big part because people see things instantly, celebrities that they may follow, they'll see instantly what colour changes they've had. So that's very inspirational. And also I think with colour houses, um, their own social, social media um, platforms that they use, you can let your followers, your customers know exactly what's happening in the market, any new products you've got. Um, you talk about trends, um, what's you know going to be really up and coming in the next season. So clients have that instantly. Yes, yeah, so they have the and language. And so they can, they have the language, and then they're like, right, I want a little bit of that. So they can take their inspiration, their mood boards into their colorist, their stylist. Yeah. Um, and that will evolve in discussing techniques and colour palettes. And Jonathan, do you find that when clients start talking to you, are they including colour more into the look? Or is it still a question if they come for a, a cut or a blow dry and they you, you then introduce colour to them? Or do you find that more people are coming in and saying, I want to be... I want I want to cut, I want some more shape um, and I want to be lighter or I want a colour change at the same time or are they not really doing that yet? Yeah, I, I think, you know, kind of what Tracy was just saying there about social media, I think the client of today is very different from the client who was here maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago because although the knowledge that they have may not be any more substantial than they had back then, they have the buzzwords. So you have people coming in wanting balayage and all of these yeah. new techniques that they've seen in a hashtag somewhere. Um, and I think it's kind of very um, difficult sometimes to be able to guide clients a little bit away from buzzwords. Um, because they think they, they know what they're yeah, asking for, but they don't yeah, really. Absolutely. It used to happen with, you know, fringes and things like that. Yeah. It'd come in with the new fringe and it's sort of like, this is never going to work. So I think, you know, it's important for a stylist to have some understanding of colour of how it's it's going to look. And I think it's important for stylists to be able to work really closely, which is great working with Tracy, um, is that we can both work with a client and devise more of a, a solid structure to, to get the best for them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very important, especially today, because it's very easy to run off on a tangent of social media posts that's actually something 
it's never going to work. You know, it used to be back in the day, someone would bring in a picture of a celebrity and say, I want to look like this. Now yeah. they're bringing in pictures of influencers saying, oh, I want my hair like this. And they yeah. don't realise that actually it's big mm-hmm. and wavy and curly and took two and a half hours to do. Do you think they have awareness now, <clears throat> the clients of today, more with the products that exist in the market? And are they more interested in the development and introduction of new products? Do you think I that? I think especially um, clients are much more aware at keeping condition. Right. Um, because of all the yeah. tools that are out there, um, you know, with the styling, the heating appliances and the colouring products, everyone is big on looking after condition of hair. Whereas go back in the day, you know, you'd bleach your hair or whatever and you wouldn't really worry, oh, if it breaks off, that's fine. Whereas now you see girls with long <laughs> hair. <laughs> no, but, you know, they no, would, know. You know, they would, the, you know, if they yeah. wanted to look, say, you know, I'm having this and if it, you know, if I can't grow it past my shoulders, so be it. Whereas now you're getting girls knowing what's out there. People being a little bit more prescriptive or asking for something, even if your job is to then divert them onto another track, they come in with ideas and wanting more, perhaps more dramatic changes than they might have done before. Expecting to be able to Definitely. go, again, the Instagram curse, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Expecting yeah. to be able to go from grey to green to brunette to blonde yeah. in the same... It is, it is so much more about that. And I think, you know, Instagram actually um, spearheaded quite a big change in that because you were seeing these before and afters that were instantaneous. And then, you know, a lot of big colourists started saying, actually, wait a minute, that mm. took... 12 hours and that would have been 18 different colours before that happened and people started to get so much more and over the course of five days yeah yes. people get so much more <laughs> yeah. appreciative and um, uh, view the the process a lot more and, and the passion's actually coming from the work and the technical ability as opposed to just the beginning and end result well Tracy you work don't you with Fudge to develop some of their products <clears throat> yes so um, tell us a little bit about that yeah so no it's all very, you know, I found it very exciting. Um, we're a very small team at Fudge and we go through the colour palette and they'll come to me and ask maybe, you know, what, what do we need or what are we lacking? So we'll, we'll look at the whole portfolio. Um, and I felt really strongly for our latest launch that we needed, you know, a big blonde story. Blondes are one of the biggest markets in all the salons. Yeah. We needed to upgrade our bleach. I wanted to bring new toners in and our high lifts and as well as that we were upgrading all of our colours. This um, is the head paint range. Our head paint range yeah. um, which is our professional permanent and demi colour. Mm-hmm. Um, so we looked at all again as Jonathan mentioned everyone's very much aware you want to be as friend, vegan friendly as possible. Yeah. We've looked at natural materials to add into all of our colours um, to promote the shine, the la- colour lasting power, mm-hmm. um, the hair growth, etc., to nourish the hair. What other things do we need to bring into a consultation with the client, whether it's colour or more generally? So it's sort of um, fade issues, I guess, um, speed of service, yeah. duration. All of those things come into it. I think, you know, first and foremost is managing expectations. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I think as hairdressers, we uh, often delve into the creative side where limitless possibilities um but i think the consultation first and foremost is is so important to to be able to to not only understand where the client's coming from but where they can go with it um 
and that works yeah, for everyone. I like that manage mm. expectations. That's the, yeah. on all levels. Yeah. yeah, and and it's you know it's something that I've always done because again you know like I was saying about the coming back with the in with the picture and you know I've heard some sad but hilarious stories about that <laughs> going very wrong. Yeah. Um, but you know that that's the sort of thing is that I think the client now having more information needs to understand what's possible and they are capable of achieving. Um, and, and structuring it the right way. You know, I remember an old thing um, Jamie used to say was, he would sort of say to his clients, you know, you know your hair better than I do, but I know hair better than you. Yeah. And I think as a professional, we spend so much time with very different hair types and heads. We understand what is achievable with things on a much broader scale than someone understanding what's achievable on their hair. Yeah. Um, and, and from a consultation perspective, I think, you know, it is working closely with the colorist or the stylist if you're the opposite way around yeah. and getting to the same destination um, yeah. that, that's going to deliver the best results in the best way possible to give the best possible finish we can to, to our clients. Yeah. So which comes first, the consultation about the cut and styling or the consultation about the color? Um, <laughs> ooh, who's, who's most important? <laughs> no, both, obviously both equal. Yeah. I think it, it can do with the type of colour technique. Right. Um, so if you're doing an all-over colour or foil work, I would always recommend that that's maybe done first um, because you're doing it on unwashed hair and then it will go back to the stylist. But the collaboration becomes before that. So if you're doing the colour first, it'd be a close consultation with Jonathan. You know, how short is the hair going? Where are the layers going to be? Is there going to be a fringe? You don't want to do all the colour, then he cuts it all off. Yeah. You know, so it yeah. is very much. And then for me, it'll be a three-way conversation because part of that would be with your customer. Are they happy with it going to a certain length? You know, mm -hmm. are they, what do they do with it after? Do they like to tie it up? You yeah. know, is it going to work both ways? So I've heard you say you like there to be three heads in the consultation. Yes, I, yeah, I, I mean, I like working, I work well with other people. So I always think there's three heads. There's, you know, myself, Jonathan, who's styling and then the client. And so you've got all three of you and you put everything into the pot and then, you know, hopefully you come out with something <laughs> fabulous at the end. And is that the same for you, Jonathan? Is that the way that you would kind of mirroring what Tracy said about how you'd approach colour. Definitely, I think exactly what Tracy said, you know, if someone's coming in for balayage or highlights or, you know, you can do colour services, then I think the colourist will work from dry with that and that's part of it. You'll come and talk about the haircut, but the, usually those two are very similar. I think like what Tracy said then is that when the, the cut and the style starts to become a lot more creative or a lot more shorter or aggressive or those sort of things start to change is mm. that the colour becomes a far more significant part of that haircut. So, you know, if you're putting panels in the front and changing colours and hidden stuff. I think in that way, I like the haircut done first. Yeah. So I'd yeah. switch it, switch it round. Yeah, especially oh, if you've got a full mm. head of highlights and you then go and cut the back off and you've yeah. just got stripes all the way. Yeah, yeah. It's, because yeah. I'm not, interested not in that because mostly I think I've only ever really experienced having the colour done first. Yeah, because often um, with your type of colour, um, it's better to do it on unwashed hair. So yeah. you, you'd get the colour on your shampoo and then mm -hmm. you, you know, you've know you got your lovely bob or your long layers. But if it's more creative, you know, really strong creative work, like short haircuts with, Jonathan mentioned, you know, longer areas or whatever, sometimes it's quite nice for the colourist 
to be inspired by the cut. So I'd be like, right, you do the haircut. Mm. Don't, you know, we don't need to discuss it now. The person sat in the chair is very open. Um, and then I will want to get inspiration from the cut. Yeah. Um, so it's quite nice to, you know, it's quite nice to be a bit unpredictable. Yeah. You know, you don't have mm -hmm. to be, you know, be a bit unexpected, which is yeah. very fudge to be a little bit unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> um, I find know. it absolutely fascinating because Jonathan, you're married to Tasha Stevens, who's yeah. an amazing award-winning colourist. Yeah. Basically, you're married to Mark Hayes, who's an exceptional hair cutter. I didn't even think what about that. What is it like in your houses watching telly? I mean, you must be sitting there going, oh my goodness me, I wouldn't do that on oh, there, and what would I do? I mean... Do yes, you... anything, anything I do. Yeah. Yeah. We, I try, we try not to bring it home. You do? Home is our <laughs> sanctuary. <laughs> but, it, but yeah, but it's interesting. Mm. So it's kind of like the perfect... And then now you two are working together. I know, it's, it's almost all keeping like, it in the family, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're, the, you're the, the poster boy Maybe and girl. Maybe Mark and Tasha yeah. will be the next one. Mark, <laughs> Mark does say hello, by the way. Does but say, oh, I said hello, hello this morning. I said, where are you off to this morning? I said, oh, I'm back over to Nicky's. We shall have to, yeah. invite, we'll have to get those two over to do a podcast. That would be interesting. Well, if we follow that family, vein then if you like Jonathan can you tell us like a little bit about what drew you to fudge because obviously this is a very new appointment for you very absolutely exciting. yeah um really exciting uh funnily enough fudge was uh, one of the first products that I ever used in a hair salon as a teenager because it wasn't long out when my uncle started stocking it in his salon um and I, I remember, I still remember the smell, Shaper, we still got the same smell, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I was really drawn to, like what Tracy mentioned earlier, is this kind of small family unit. And it's something that I hold very close to my heart, I've only ever worked with family. Um, and I loved that aspect of, you know, you can go to the main person with an idea it doesn't have to go through 17 layers of people yeah. to get yeah. to the top and then by the end of that it's Chinese whispers and it's changed to something totally different yeah so I think we're very much um in a more uh easy position to to get things done and get things to happen yeah um and the solutions that we come up with ideas are weeks not months and years and um, and for me, it was just kind of using the products, especially with the head paint just coming out and seeing the results, even not from someone who is a colorist primarily. You know, I knew that the, their commitment to excellence and innovation and in what they actually do product wise, mm. something that I'm really passionate about. I've always worked in education and um, I've always loved the development side of things like that. So being able to step into a role that I can get more involved with the team and the brand and Tracy. Yeah, it was a no-brainer for me. I think over the last, you know, um, few years in particular, the relationship with fashion has become very clear to those yes. of us in the media, and I think it's become um, it's still very playful, isn't it? But but much more polished, and I think more emphasis on the marriage of the colour with the the cut yes. and the styling. So I think if it in a lovely way as having really kind of like you know polished the yeah polished and I, the I think with um with our latest campaign or the new imagery we've just launched with the relaunch of head paint um the feedback from that has been hugely positive and successful mm -hmm. and i think we've really tried to do the campaign for the hairdresser and i think sometimes hairdressers can get a little bit selfish in their collections they're doing it for themselves look how clever I am doing yeah, this creative yeah. look but in reality what person is going to come off the street and wear that yeah not that many whereas so the, the look we've done um everybody's loving it so far because it's something that any salon window would be proud and happy 
you know, with beautiful colours, beautiful styling and finish. Yeah. So I'm hoping we've ticked all the boxes. Mm, very yeah, exciting. Exciting. I think it's hard, isn't it, if you've got um, a great history and a sort of uh, heritage to then, and hero products, to then, when you start saying, oh, we're going to relaunch this or we're going to change that, there must be a few people who are a bit like, oh, well, God, no, no, please don't, don't change please that. that. It is fun enough, you know, I've, I've been doing the, uh, the opposite, the similar thing to Tracy with uh, sort of some of the other stuff that we've been working on. And I think it is very clear cut in that, you know, there are some products that are real hero products, but I think that's what is, is testament to a great brand is that those products are hero products for a reason in that, you know, people can trust them and rely on them and know mm. that they're going to get the right results. And I think, you know, like we were saying, it's a, it's a young and playful brand. I think where that really works is that we give people the opportunity to go and be their own person yeah. um, and push their own creativity. You know, I'm probably a little bit controversial in saying that the artist is probably not something I would call a hairdresser or a colorist. Um, yeah. I think we're much more like chefs. Oh, and there lies a whole conversation. Well, it is, but I, I just think we're more like chefs because, yeah. you know, we put together... Tracy's looking at me, she's going to punch in the face. Um, <laughs> no, no, we're this is going. Yeah, I think we're more like chefs in that, you know, we have uh, an idea of what we want to prepare and we have our ingredients, if that is products or colour or styling or techniques... And we put all of those ingredients together to create something that's beautiful. Yeah. And ultimately, if you set out to cook dinner, you'll set out to cook something that's delicious that mm-hmm. everyone will enjoy. And I think yeah. as a hairdresser or a colorist, we do the same thing. And it's, it's bringing that together. And I think yeah. sometimes it can get a little bit caught up in the, the art side of it. For me, on a daily basis, working with clients, I have two goals when I get to work. Make women look beautiful, make men better looking. I've got platform work, I've got photography stuff, I've got all of those things to go and be the creative person that I want to be. And I feel like sometimes, although we need to be creative with our clients and deliver results that they are going to love, I think we still have to kind of hold back a little bit on actually giving them something that's going to make them look and feel better. Because ultimately, that's what our job is. Yeah. And I think that's quite a a very fine line to juggle sometimes. Mm. Um. But I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, the client for hairdressers is ultimately the most important person because mm-hmm. without clients, we wouldn't be sitting here because they wouldn't be buying products and they wouldn't be having haircuts and hairdressing wouldn't be a big thing. Yeah. And I think the creative side of it is where we're offered that opportunity to do it. And I think that's a great thing about Fudge is that we really balance out both of those. We deliver premium products for clients to, to experience in the salon and stylists to get behind, but also we've got stuff to really push the boat out and really play around with the creative aspect of that. And I think, you know, it, it's what makes it such a happy marriage and it's what makes it such a good thing to work with Tracy and with the brand because yeah. we just really focus on what I think is important in our industry. Yeah. Brilliant. Waffled on there, I'm sorry. No, that was a great, <laughs> great <laughs> elevator pitch right there for finding <laughs> your role there. No, but it makes sense. I mean, what strikes me about what all you guys have said is is the, I guess, the tight-knit nature of what you've got going on at like Fudge HQ for being able to be involved in the product development and being able to be involved on the front line with the salons and the education and keeping everything... I guess concise, but also like with 
injections of your personalities as well, which is really nice. Yeah, keeping it grounded. Yeah, keeping, keeping it grounded accessible. and keeping it yeah relevant to I mean, what your clients and your and I think everything need. what makes it so feel like a family in the office. We have um, you know we work very close with the design team, um, the marketing team, the product development team. We're all mm. in one office, so when the new smells come out, it's not like it goes off to a factory and they pick it. We all smell it and we all have little votes and we all put our um, pitch in, mm. names of products. Again, mm. we're all part of that. Um, so that, it does make it, you know, you see something from the beginning through to the very end rather than you do the beginning. And then if you're in the product development team, you've done that, but then it goes off and you don't have any part to do with it until you see it in a box. Yeah. But the product development team will still see it go through the stages of the marketing and yeah. the colours and the smells, etc. Yeah. So it brings that what I think keeps you close-knit yeah. as a family-type unit. Mm. And a real authenticity, I suppose, to all of your products and your colours because, as you say, Tracy and Jonathan, both being involved and still working with clients, you, you have a real awareness of what people are looking for mm. rather than it coming from... I think somewhere else. Yeah. That is very important and touching on a great point is that, you know, it's, we are like on the front line fighting the battles with the products and finding out what the, what actually happens. And I think sometimes you can get a little bit lost, especially with, you know, a lot of bigger brands that are sort of these huge conglomerate companies. And yeah, it's sort loose of like, touch. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of people who don't do hair, pass their own hair, mm. decide on what people want when ultimately it's very difficult to actually know what a consumer wants if you're not stood behind them doing their hair yeah and that's what it. gives that kind of good insight especially from a product development side and from Tracy who really develops these products is that she's in a unique position to deliver something that people will be able to use far easier than someone who doesn't really understand it and goes off the marketing mm -hmm. playbook mm. but products especially colouring products have become a lot more pleasant to work with haven't they and the smell, the, yeah. the consistency mm. is a lot. No, absolutely. I think um, what's really exciting for us is our new Speed Plus um, lightener. Mm -hmm. Did we say the word bleach? Lightener. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> that we brought out. And what was interesting, Jonathan was part of the test as well. We did blind testing mm. um, with people in the office, non-hairdressers from different departments, different floors. And we had three bowls, one with a regular bleach pre-lightener, one with a bowl of pineapple fruit and one with their new bleach and we were blind testing them to see what see their remarks oh, they would yeah. say mm. and they didn't associate our new Speed Plus with a chemical bleach. Really? That's so cool. It was more fruity in line with the pineapple. Which must tick two boxes, one for people working with it because I would have thought yeah. by the end of the day there's a strong possibility for you guys yeah. to be feeling slightly lightheaded, <laughs> depending yeah. on what you're, what you're working on. And I on. think for the client as well they, they feel they know they're getting a chemical on their hair because they're going blonde but they psychologically yeah. it's not as damaging and yeah. also with this new bleach it is um, it leaves the hair in so much better condition um, we've yeah. done tests with it and we can claim it has 22% less breakage than other leading market bleaches. So it's much kinder to the Which hair. Which loops beautifully back to the points you were making about clients, what clients are asking for. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And for this, for me, like, you know, working with it generally, um, 
and and sort of experiencing it with Tracy, one of the key things that this uh, that the Speed Plus Lightner has is that it's tingle free, so you don't actually feel it. Mm. And I did a big show two weeks ago. Tracy came and prepped my colours for it, and I had three scalp bleaches. And normally I'm waiting. It's like someone getting a tattoo. It's like how yeah. long are they going to hold on before I have to take this off? Yeah. yeah. And not a peep, you know, really? on for an hour, not one request yeah. for a tail comb to yeah. itch their head, anything like that. And like Tracy said, the results come off, it's got great condition, really yeah. clean lift. Um, and for me, that's what I need is yeah. because I'm prepping three models. Yeah. yeah, I don't need well, that whether it's, all the time. Yeah. Whether it's in salon or backstage, mm. you know, the experience is becoming almost the most important thing. Yeah, and it's just much more pleasant. Yeah. Pleasant to work with and pleasant to, to yeah. work with the clients because, you know, they see the results immediately. Yeah, and yeah not having... If you're somebody who's asked what the ingredients are in a product and you're interested in whether things are ethically sourced or environmentally friendly or vegan or whatever, then it's going to link psychologically with smells. Yes, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And the appearance so, of things. Yeah. You know, you can't tell somebody if something looks like neon yellow, you can't convince exactly. many people that that's natural you know same if it stinks like um a, you know a school science laboratory then you can't tell them yeah. it's natural yeah. so yeah. it's it stands to reason doesn't it yeah. yeah it's very true and i think a very hot topic at the moment and i think ultimately like you were saying you know i've noticed a big shift in you know people are coming to get their hair done now people are choosing that experience and where is the quirky place and i think you're seeing so many more salons nowadays really focusing on what they offer in the whole package rather than just great hair. I think yeah. nowadays, if you go to a good salon, it's expected. Yeah. Like it's you should be getting that. It? it is, you know, what's yeah. the coffee like? What's the ambiance like? What are the flowers like? You yeah, know, there's so absolutely. much more of that. And I think with Instagram, everyone's looking for a picture. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's that what's Instagram really moment. boosted, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. you know, the client experience in salons. I think it's a great thing. And I think it's something that's really going to, only get better and I'm, I'm loving seeing these new innovative ideas for hair salons i think it's a really fascinating place to be at the moment especially in our industry it's great to see so much change for the good yeah so there's so much to say about consultations with clients and how hairdressing and color work so well together and is so important that the clients are asking and that we are able to communicate with them been lovely having you guys here for a chat mm. and very excitingly we can say yes. to everybody out there we will have you both with us at color world in may absolutely live and yeah. up close and personal with anybody who wants to come and say hello no, i think it's such an exciting event and um well done to you nikki for bringing oh. this to the table because <laughs> i think this is the year four Yes, this will be yeah. our fourth time fourth year, year. Terrifying. in our <laughs> East London venue. Yeah, so May. fourth year, and it's solely for colour. So I think for colourists, yeah. it's such an exciting weekend. Um, it runs on a Sunday and Monday, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, 19th and 20th of May, so we'll yeah. put all in the notes. We'll give everyone the details and yeah. how they can join in. And I think it's really about inviting people to come along and... There are no stages and platforms, it's all on the level, so everywhere you go in the venue somebody's working on a head of colour, but it's about being, you know, able to have a conversation and, and stop and talk, and having seen you with us in the past, Tracy, I know kind of getting from the front door to the bar <laughs> and to the outside, people stopping and saying hello, but that's part of the joy yeah. of it, isn't it, and yeah. being able to... Come and find no, you it's guys. Really, it's a really friendly event. I can't wait. I'm very excited. Good. It's funny, actually, because we were had a meeting, um, was it like two weeks ago, maybe? We were discussing all the, the plans that we've got and things that we want to do. 
And I came home and Tasha, my wife, as you mentioned, is a colourist and it's her main passion in life. And I came back and I was like, I'm going to Colour World. And she was just like, are you joking? <laughs> she was oh, like, oh. how are you going? She's like, what is going on with this? Like, this is exactly what I want to do. Oh, like, no, what are you doing? Yeah, we'll give you a plus one. Yeah. So, um, so I'm super excited. You know, like yeah. Tracy said, it's, it's rare that you get to see that closeness. Thank you to our wonderful guests, Tracy and Jonathan. Thank, Thank you, you very much. I'm Lily Cox, and together with Nikki Pope, we have prepared some show notes for you on this week's topic. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Respectfully on iTunes. And if you'd like to join in the conversation, you can email us at info at ihaa.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, goodbye. 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 <laughs>